Peace and blessings, peace and blessings, peace and blessings, original people, and welcome to the Spirit First Podcast. I'm your host, Ma'atra'a, and today's episode is brought to you by the ancestor, and is also dedicated to the great ancestor, El Haj Malik El Shabazz, better known as the one and only Malcolm X. And pretty much by the time you get to the end of this podcast, just like with previous podcasts, you'll know why I dedicated this uh, particular episode to this particular ancestor. There's always a method to my madness. How's everybody out there today? Uh, We were away for a couple of weeks, had some uh, family engagements that I had to take care of, but we are back in full swing uh, with the Spare First podcast, definitely reaching out to my people to make an impact, a positive impact and uplift our people in every way every possible way that i can this is my this is my gift to the world it's not so much about making money or anything like that it's just whatever little i can do to contribute to the upliftment of my people and the liberation of our people um i'm all for it sign me up so five Four, three, two, one. I hope wherever you are, if you're in the middle of a heat wave like I am in NYC, you are staying cool and hydrated. I still do my daily meditations and yoga outside in the hot sun because the heat doesn't bother me much. But I do drink a lot of water and I hope you are too so we don't pass out. <laughs> Uh, so today's topic, if you read before clicking on the uh, podcast, it's about the N-word and how the N-word attacks the spirit of the conscious as well as the subconscious. Um, just to give you a quick little story, I guess share some uh, background information, especially why I dedicated it to the um, to the ancestor, El Haj Malik El Shabazz, uh, better known as Malcolm X. When I was in high school, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X by our ancestor Alex Haley, and it forever changed my life in a way that how I communicate with my brothers and sisters and 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 how I have a different, I guess, perspective on self-respect for myself. Um, he was a great example of somebody that went from a, a, a triple state of darkness and ignorance uh, to living a righteous life. And we owe a lot to, you know, a lot um, to this ancestor uh, for how we live today. Um, You know, it's a debt that never could be repaid. Uh, We thank you once again. I will say his name three times, Malcolm X, Malcolm X, Malcolm X. Um, We lost a lot of our heroes and he was definitely one, one of them. There will never be another Malcolm X. Um, just to give you also some, you know, some more background information, I guess, uh, or I could share a story with you guys. I, you know, oh, almost forgot the quote, the quote from Alex Haley's book that Malcolm X said. Uh, this is probably the most impactful quote in the book that probably. Uh, 
shaped or shifted my trajectory or how I communicate with my people. Malcolm X said, a man curses because he doesn't have the words to say what's on his mind. And that profoundly hit me. Like, it almost felt like, you know, if you're if you're uneducated or, if, you know, um, and I'm not talking about book smarts and I'm not talking about, you know, having a degree or anything like that. Um, being in a state of ignorance and being uneducated is just a state of, it could be also a state of mind as opposed to, you know, because I know some of the most educated people that are also the most ignorant of people as well. So those words impact me on many levels. A man curses because he doesn't have the words to say what's on his mind. It's almost like saying like, you know, you don't have the words in your vocabulary to properly, uh, to properly, I guess, um, express yourself. Uh, so you subject yourself to just using a lot of profanity. Um, there are good things and bad things with profanity, and we'll get into that a little deeper further down in the podcast. But just from my own personal story, I grew up in a house with a lot of profanity. <laughs> and um, when you grow up in a lot in a house with a lot of profanity, like my mom, you know, um, you know, rest in power. Um, to my mother, I lost her um, last year. Uh, COVID kind of, uh, you know, uh, made her transition a lot faster. She had a lot of different elements that she was dealing with, uh, but COVID uh, definitely didn't help, and we lost her or she transitioned um, last year. Uh, she's definitely in a better place, and I uh, thank everybody for their concerns, prayers, meditations, and positive vibrations that you sent out. Um, definitely um, is well appreciated, well received. Um, but my mom, you know, she was raised, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And, um, you know, she used a lot of profanity. And when she was angry and, and she was pissed at me or I did something wrong, like hit my sister or something like that, you better believe those words was coming flying. I mean, they were vicious, like venom. <laughs> I can't repeat half of the things that she said. Um, and when you grow up around profanity like that now don't get it twisted my mother was a loving mother <laughs> but she just chose to express her anger in that particular way and you know that's that's a thing right so w- when you grow up around a lot of profanity like that you know just like what a lot of habits you know that the majority of your family may may have you're going to either fall into one or two categories you're going to either uh embrace it and be like, I can't beat them, join them, and then, you know, pretty much repeat the cycle. Or it's going to turn you off so bad that you, you know, you you almost frown upon it. And you don't want to, you know, um, go down the path of expressing yourself in anger using profanity. Um, I avoid it as much as possible. I'm not perfect. But, um, you know, I've been known to say a word or two. Sometimes even if I sound awkward saying it. Um but you know because it's not in my innate nature to use those particular words it kind of like goes against my spirit as it comes out of my mouth it's like i almost feel like a a reluctance or something pulling me back you know from saying it it could be psychological or how i train myself but it just doesn't it doesn't set well with my vibrations uh, to let that out 
Um, so in a lot of cases where, you know, your typical person would would curse, you know, in traffic or somebody pissed you off or hurt you in some kind of way. I, you know, I've, I've come up with a lot of creative ways to express myself in anger um, instead of using profanity. So it's something it's something that you develop over time. <laughs> you know, I even uh, my aunt my aunt uh my aunt she uses a lot of words in the place of profanity and you might have an aunt or a grandmother or somebody that uses words in the place of profanity uh that i think is hilarious like i think my aunt she instead of saying uh the s word she would say oh sugar honey iced tea or something like that you might or just plain out oh sugar you know uh <laughs> so it's a lot of i, I mean i've i've, I've had I have family members that do that as well. I think it's funny how creative they get and to, you know, just just the fact that they, you know, for the children's sake, and maybe for their own spirit as well, but for the, I think it's mostly for the children's sake that they uh, use these substitute words uh, to express themselves as opposed to using profanity. So children uh, don't tend to pick those languages up and then repeat them. Because you know, when kids get a, a certain age, the first thing they do is repeat their parents and repeat everything they say, and then they use they usually say it in the the most, I mean the 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 most inconvenient time to say it, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like they'll repeat them in in the grocery store or at church or something like that, and like everybody's looking at, it, oh gosh, that's what you teach your child to say. And, you know, it, it's crazy, but, <laughs> you know, thank, thank, uh, thank goodness for the conscious family members that at least make an attempt to uh, come up with creative ways to express themselves in anger, um, as opposed to, you know, teaching, teaching our youth, uh, those particular words. Um, so like I was saying, with regard to picking, um, picking sides and falling into one, one category or the other i pretty much fell in the category that I've, I've heard profanity so much growing up that i just shift to the other side like i i really 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 um use profanity unless i'm like um compromised in some kind of way <laughs> under some kind of influence you might hear some words or something like that but is it Rarely, rarely, if I'm angry or if I'm expressing anger or if I'm upset with somebody, rarely you would never hear me argue and yell at somebody using profane words because I think it elevates the situation to levels. And then sometimes elevates to levels where you can't return. So, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're speaking to loved ones and you're speaking to people that you actually care about, and they disappointed you in some kind of way, or you're just having a disagreement in an argument. You know, sometimes you have to take a pause and take a step back and think like, do I want to forever alter the course of our relationship? Do you want to burn the bridge between the loved one that you're communicating with? Because sometimes when we say hurtful things, you know, it can actually come out and be received in the, in the most worst way. And then, we no longer want to speak to those relatives or those family members anymore. Um, you start loving people from a distance as opposed to loving them closely. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm a big advocate of loving some family members from a distance. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just what it is. It is what it is. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, like I said, I'm not a saint. I've used words on occasion. Maybe if I hit my foot, something like that. Ah, you know, maybe I pause and say sugar. Sometimes it gets away from me. But, you know, I'm, I'm at least conscious, especially now that I have a daughter. Um, of my princess, um, I rarely try to use words in front of her. Um, you know, I mean, it's just not really in my in my normal vocabulary anyway. So it's not much, um, I guess, trying on my part to avoid using certain words in front of her because I rarely use them anyway. But I'm extra, extra, extra cautious and conscious about how I speak around my princess. Um, over the years, I've made several observations of the uh, the impact that the N-word and profanity and all um, have on our people. It is interesting. Um, I've actually looked up certain studies and read journals, um, psychological journals about the N-word. And um, some studies show that curse words, including the N-word, um, release relieves relieves stress so i understand why it's used especially in hip-hop culture um you know how for most of us that know for those that know you know hip-hop really started out of frustration you know it was it you know we we pretty much you know shoot the dozens that's what they really called it back in the day shoot dozens you know kind of turned into dissing and kind of turned into a reflection of day-to-day life you know don't push me because I'm close to the edge. <laughs> so, you know, we had self-expression in hip-hop. And, you know, on occasion, we, you know, back in the day, we used profanity. And, and just frustration uh, that would come out in, in a, I guess, in an artistic way of, of expressing ourselves over music. And... It is a. It was a very good outlet. Still is in many ways. Um, however, what I what I observe and what what I tend to notice that people put more emphasis on the impact that, or basically relieving your stress through using profanity and using the N word. However, we rarely look at the other side of the coin um, with regards to the people that are receiving that energy. So although you may be frustrated and upset and you're cursing and things of nature, and it might make you temporarily feel better, on the same note, what you're doing is taking that negative energy, projecting it out through powerful words, and then somebody receiving that negative energy and embodying that negative energy so basically you're just taking your energy and dumping it on somebody else so what i like to do for spirit's sake and putting your spirit first and also thinking about others before you dump all over them you know take a moment and do self-reflection take a moment and do meditation correct those things or like um address those things um that weighs heavy on your on your heart that will bring you to the point of frustration and cursing and instead of expressing that self yourself in that manner outwardly look inwardly through meditation through chakra working through the spheres um through the uh the tree of life meditation if, if that's something that you're into 
and you can address those different aspects of your spirit and your being. Um, that is a daily practice that I do. And I think that's probably one of the main things that allows me to relieve those stresses that I may hold on to um, that doesn't allow me to blow up on my loved ones, if that makes sense, right? Um, Self-care is always important. It's always first. It should always come first because you can't take care of others unless you take care of yourself first. There's a reason why when you're on, on an airport, I mean, not on an airport, on an airplane, and they're going through the safety precautions and the safety steps, um, you know, if anything, an emergency happens. And, you know, if you're sitting next to a child, they always tell you, put the mask over your own face first before your child. Because if you pass out, you can't help your child. You know what I mean? So it's always good to self-take care or take care of yourself first in order to or take care of your self-spirit or your inner spirit um, before you try to take care of other people because that energy can transfer onto them. It's just, um, I just like to share, like anything that I feel like that's that's good for me and not and, and what's good for me is not good for everybody. However, I, I, I sincerely feel that that what's good for me and the things that I practice can also be good for my people as well. Um, I just want to open you guys' mind to like thinking about things in a little in a little different light, you know. Um, so back to the study, um, I got a little away from what I was saying. The N word uh, or curse words release stress. It all, like I said, it also transfers that stress to the recipient, right? So we want to be conscious of that. We want to be aware of that and definitely put your spirit first. So this way you can reflect positivity when you're projecting out to others. All right. So it's just a, uh, so when we talk about the N word specifically, cause even, you know, I, I've lost the battle or I kind of like given up on the battle of, of telling people or teaching people that don't know uh, the historic impact of the n-word with our people and in in today's world i i think i mean i don't know the exact numbers but i feel like the majority of our people really don't care um you know they use it they use the n-word you hear it in our culture you hear it in our hip-hop music um you got people of all cultures repeating and reciting these words and that never sat well with me, even though I like a lot of songs that include the N word. Because if I was to just really be gun ho and be like, you know what, I don't care for that N word and and I don't want to ever hear it, I would have to really remove a lot of music from my catalog <laughs> that includes it. And it's so incorporated in the, in the culture that at this point, I'm not really sure that we will ever be rid of the N-word and the use of the N-word. Like I like what and what and what brought me to I, I was watching uh Spike Lee's Malcolm X last week, and that kind of brought me into you know some of the things that I remember from the book, and that's what kind of led me into um the topic for today but what else what also uh led me into the topic of the day uh was this video clip 
that I saw uh what's the rapper name? Um uh, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? I think it's something rich. Something rich. He sing that song. He sing that song the um the box, right? Robbie Rich. Robbie Rich is his name. So I saw a video clip right with Robbie Rich. And he's performing in London in front of like a majority white crowd, Caucasian crowd, right? Very little black people in there. There's a little couple of black people in there sprinkled in there, here and there. And if you're familiar with the lyrics of this, of this song, like, don't get me wrong, this is one of those N-words that's in my catalog that I like. You know, during the pandemic, I watched a lot of TikTok and I definitely enjoyed you know, uh, watching the Jabberwockies dance group uh, perform different uh, different steps and different, uh, I guess, video uh, choreography uh, to the, that they did to the song, and even in the uh, video the, itself, if I'm not mis- mistaken, um, are they in the video? I'm not sure, but they've done a lot of videos to the song, basically, and that's what first introduced me to the song. Really, it, it got introduced to me through TikTok, and I was like, yeah, that's a that's a nice song. Like I like the beat. And it start out beep up, beep I'm doing a botch job trying to sing this song. But uh for those that are familiar with <laughs> with the artist Rowdy Rich and the song The Box, this is what I'm referring to. So you can hit it up on YouTube or Google or whatever. And you'll get a better example than what I'm giving you right now. Because you're probably listening like, what the heck is he talking about? But um, at any rate, so I'm watching this video with Rowdy Rich performing the box. And the N-word is all over the song, right? And he's leading them and reciting the song with them. And to me, when I watched this video, it was just so disturbing to see the amount of Caucasians saying this, saying the N-word like it was nothing, like I mean mm. from my point of view, it just looked like he just gave them all the green light, he gave them all the pass to use the N-word and refer to black people as the N-word like that's what it looked like to me like I understand to a very minute degree why we use the word amongst each other and there are people that are conscious of the word to the point that they can use it as a term of endearment they can use it amongst their people in a playful manner But I'll be darned, they will not allow other people to use it in their presence or against them in any way. So the problem that I have with this particular artist, I guess, or this particular video, and pretty much all artists, like, that can, you know, perform overseas or anywhere where there's a majority group of you know Caucasians or other people and 
and they just recite these songs that just have all these n words in it, and they and they allow the crowd to just sing along with them, and it's just disturbing. Like I don't know why this particular video impacted me the way it did, but it just hit me like pow! Like what in the world am I looking at right now? Um, yeah, so. There are different impacts. So you have, like I said, you have the impact of the conscious, right? So if for a conscious person, I like to put myself in that category. Not saying that I'm conscious of everything. I'm just conscious uh, in this particular instance, what we're speaking about on the topic. I'm conscious of the impact of the N-word and the, the historic value of the N-word. So I have that, that conscious level of the N-word. So for me, it's not in my realm. I don't respect it coming from any of my family members. People that I uh, befriend that are used to using the word, if they made it to the level of that they are intimate friends with me, where I invited you to my home, I had you around my family, things of that nature, they all know that the N-word is not respected by me. And no means, like not as a friend, not not in a friendly gesture, not a, not an acronym, not a N I G G A. Some people like to say that means never ignorant, getting goals accomplished. I don't care how you say it, how you spell it, how you acronym it, how you you know how you make light of it. I don't want it in my realm. So you know, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, if you're somebody that can't get down with that, 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 that can't respect that, then you're not going to be my friend. You know, it's, it's no sweat off my back because I prefer people around me that are in my inner circle not to use the word or if they use it. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what to say or not to say, but you know, to a degree that I don't respect it. So respectfully, you would never direct it to me. Like, even like, oh, you know how people say it in passing. Oh, and uh, shut up. Or just like, you know, in a playful manner or whatever. No. Not in my house. Not in my realm. Not in my circle. Not in my circle of existence. So, which keeps my circle really small. And I've had, I've, 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 you know, just to give you perspective. I have friends that use that word heavy. Heavily. I mean... Outside of being around me, they probably say that like within every sentence almost. However, when they're around me, they they may still say it in my presence. That's like I said, that's okay. But it's never directed to me. It's never it's never referred to me. It's never uh, spoken about me using that word on my family members because people that I consider my friend uh, friends or um, family members have that level of respect for me. Um, which, which is crazy that with with my own brothers, because I have, you know, I have brothers and they, you know, it's in their vocabulary, like, like nothing, like they say it like almost like breathing, but you know, when they're around big brother, hey, they know not to direct the word towards me. They know not to refer to me as that, and they don't. 
and you know it's it's a respect thing that you have to demand it, it sometimes it's hard for people to get used to um but if they love you and they respect you they'll they'll you know they'll respect your wishes you know because for me being a conscious person on this matter it will they know it will impact me negatively it will change my I, I don't want to give that much power to the word but it does impact me negatively however there you know I can get past it because I I tend to I tend to address things with my higher self so I mean it's not like it's going to destroy my entire day however I know moving forward I I will um alter the way that I communicate with you if you're unable to respect that if it's just so part of you who and who you are and you can't help yourself then I will respectfully communicate with you less communicate with you at a distance no matter how close or not close we are whether we're family friends or associates that's just who I am right like for Rowdy Rich, the rapper, like to, to sing this song with that many people and have them shouting the word back at him like that. Like, it's amazing. Like, I mean, is the check that good? Is the money that good that it doesn't bother you? You know, for, for that many people to be shouting the word at you like that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but that, you know, to each his own, right? You can only control what's in your universe. Right. So we talked about the impact on the on the conscious a little bit, using myself as as an example. Um, now on the unconscious level, right? And this is important as well, because the unconscious level like me personally, anything that I want to correct correct myself or anything that I want to improve myself, I do it on a unconscious or really a subconscious level, right? Um, to explain a little bit um, for people that might not be into, um, uh, I guess, spiritual power or, or, or uh, meditation or... Um, how did this? How did? How should I describe this? Um, the different aspects of the of the will, right? Unconsciousness, subconscious, consciousness is 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 all is all connected, right? And it's a practice of mine that anything that I want to improve upon myself, um, whether it be you know uh, developing good habits and re- and replacing. Uh, bad habits with new good habits and things of that nature I do it on a subconscious level so what I mean by that is when you're in meditation you're on a subconscious level right so my I guess my steps to give you uh, I guess a little insight on what I do right um let's let's say for instance I have a I have an issue with like I have an addiction let's use smoking because a lot of our people smoke me personally, I never smoked. Um, back in the day, I might have smoked with with uh, 
I smoked a cigarette. I tried that once. I ended up having an asthma attack and ended up in the hospital for two days. So that's like the extent of my smoking. However, people that are addicted to smoking, let's say, for instance, I was addicted to smoking. If I wanted to correct myself or if I wanted to um, help myself quit smoking, I would do that not on a conscious level because we, we all say consciously, I'm going to stop smoking and we end up still smoking or whatever we're addicted to, we end up going back into it to really make that change in your life. I, uh, you have to do it on a subconscious level. You have to reprogram your spirit in order to break addictions is, 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 it's hard to explain. I, I hope you guys are following along, but if you are addicted and you're and you're uh, addressing that addiction on a subconscious level, it increases your chance of actually overcoming it. Why? Because just like breathing, you know, we're not conscious of ourselves breathing until like you're you, somebody bring it up as a topic and you're thinking about yourself breathing, or, and now you're paying attention to your breathing, right? But when you go throughout your day, day to day, and you're interacting with people, you're not really thinking about your breathing because we do it on a subconscious level. We do it without thinking because it's just a part of our being, right? So that's where you want to place anything that's good. You want to place anything that's good with regards to good habits and and breaking, breaking the chain of addiction and things of nature. You want to put that in your subconscious. So this way, when you're conscious, you don't have to try to quit smoking. You're just going to quit because it's no longer part of your programming. I hope I, I hope I did a good job explaining that. This is the best way I can explain it, right? And through Tree of Life meditation, um, um, you can look it up. It's, it's one form of meditation. There are plenty. Um, but this is the particular one, uh, which is Kemetic Spirituality, Tree of Life Meditation. You can look up his books, volumes and volumes of books um, called Tree of Life Meditation. And I would encourage those that are curious about comedic spirituality uh, to start there. Um, you will definitely be on the path of, of higher consciousness and reprogramming your subconscious. So back, at, back to the topic at hand, the impact of unconscious or on or on the unconscious or from the n-word so when you're on a subconscious level like a subconscious level also could be like when you're reciting a song if you heard a song so many times if you heard a song so many times and you're able to recite it you know the song word for word like you can um thinking of a master plan uh eric b and rock cam or special ed i got it made just to give you an example or any song from the wu-tang clan i can recite word for word without missing a beat without thinking about it like i can say the words and you ask me like in in the last minute did you use the word uh knowledge and knowledge was in the lyrics i might say i didn't say it because I recited the I recited the song on a subconscious level because it's so a part of me that I can recite it without actually putting effort to it, right? That's where you want to be with anything that's positive in your life. With anything that's positive in your life, you want to be able to to uh, walk and live and breathe anything that's positive. Breaking the chains of addiction 
on a subconscious level, that's where you want to be, right? You don't want to have to try to not use the N-word. You don't want to have you don't want to have to try not to smoke. You don't want to have to try not to drink if that's your addiction. You want it to be a part of you where you don't have to try. Like I don't agree with with the with the mindset that once once an addict, always an addict. Because basically that's that's the attitude that okay, I used to be an alcoholic. So for the rest of my life I'm fighting alcoholism. That means I'm an alcoholic that I've been sober for years. I haven't taken a drink, but I'm they still they will still call you an alcoholic because you used to have that addiction. That means you never overcame that addiction. That means it's a it's a possibility of you falling back into that addiction. And I don't I don't subscribe to that. I don't I don't think that it's impossible to get rid of an addiction and totally be rid of it and never fall back into it. It all comes to programming your subconscious. Right? I'm getting a little off on the on the <laughs> off on the tangent here and I'm on and I'm, I'm a little off topic, but it all it all plays a, a role as in the into the topic as to why I'm speaking about this because with the N-word is such a part of our subconscious that we use the word without thinking about the impact that it has on others because we're so used to using it. That's like putting something negative in your subconscious and making it part of your reality. Making it part of your conscious reality. Hmm. Is that something you want? You know, I challenge anyone that feels the same way, but maybe not having the will to stop using the word. And if you know anything about meditation, if you know anything about reprogramming the subconscious, I challenge anyone to correct that in their subconscious, making it part of your conscious reality, right? If that makes sense. But the N-word passively using it on a subconscious level because on one hand you know the historic value of the word right you might have put that in the back of your brain on the second note you use it in today's language you use it in today's words in in in, in songs and things of that nature and communication with one another and you have people from other cultures using that word with you on a subconscious level, because you know the historic value of that word, you're basically allowing yourself to be called and referred to as a nigger. I said the word for the for the purpose of educating or helping people understand. Right. If I allow somebody to refer to me in that manner, no matter how they're projecting it, no matter how, no matter if they're saying it in a, in jest, no matter if they're saying it to just to make fun, in the back of your mind, on a subconscious level, this is when we talk about your your genetic memory bank, right? The things that our ancestors went through when they were slaves. 
don't that don't think that is totally erased. It might they might try to erase it from the history books. They might try not to acknowledge that in in America. Kaka. However, it is very real. I mean, let me give you this as a perspective, right? How crazy it is that we we are so loose with this N word. I hate to get political, but I just want to I just want to make a point. Everybody's upset about Roe v. Wade being overturned, right? Everybody's upset that the president and the government hasn't taken the necessary steps to codify Roe v. Wade and make it permanent, right? But you want to know they couldn't they can't codify that. They couldn't codify that. But you want to know what's codified into law? And it's still into law? The N-word? Yeah. Yeah, look it up. You don't believe me? It's in there. It's still in there. You might you might make an amendment to it. <laughs> and that amendment might say that it's unconstitutional. But it's still there. Because the original words are still there. It still say, states that we are three-fifths human being. It still states that we are less than. It still states that we are the N-word. Still to this day, the government has legislation codified that we are labeled as the N-word. And we go around happy-go-lucky, Negroes, black people, original people on the planet Earth, using the N-word as if it was, you know, cool with me. But this is just something to challenge your way of thinking don't know if it's going to make an impact don't know if it's going to change anybody's mind or give anybody perspective this is just crazy maatra ah speaking and <laughs> this is i don't know certain things certain things that i come to come to realize or realize and it just baffles me that you know this is something that still goes on today like you know, I will hope our people, you know, rise up above and and have, you know, more self-respect, more dignity. You know, you all these other cultures have their derogatory terms when it comes to describing their people. Right. All of them are, you know, you wouldn't dare use the derogatory term for a um, a Latino person. You wouldn't dare use the derogatory term for a Polish person or a Jewish person. You wouldn't dare. And they and, the, and their people wouldn't allow it. Right? It'll be an uproar. You'll hear about it. You'll have a problem. We are the only ones that accept it digest it try to make light of it try to give it a new definition try to give it an acronym just so we can digest it just so we can get by and deal with it none of these derogatory terms for for the other cultures none of them are codified into law like ours is think about that think about that for perspective 
none of the none of the, these derogatory terms is written into law like ours is yet we allow it think about it think about it think about it and think about it so we are going to conclude I'm going to partake in the guilty pleasure I'm going to watch uh, some dragons on this show that I'm not going to mention unless they want to pay me for advertising advertising their show so I'm not going to mention the title of their show but y'all know what the dragons are (laughs) so I'm I'm going to get into that but I wanted to take a moment to talk to my people um, being that I missed y'all for the last couple of weeks on this happy raw day and um, just like always um, check me out on Instagram at spirit first check me out I have new cards up new greeting cards at the Etsy shop spirit first cards check me out check me out support the business uplift your people with a beautiful card uplift your grandmother uplift your mother uplift your sister uplift your brother your wife your cousins uplift your people with a positive card come check me out at spirit first etsy shop spirit first greeting cards and um, if you have any questions about this podcast and any any um any feedback definitely hit me up on instagram hit me back you can dm me we can get into it not really here for a debate i'm only here for uplifting and adding on like my like my five percent brothers like to say shout out to my cousin in delaware original seed Allah. we like to he like to add on we don't like we don't we don't we don't build um break down our people we like to add on right now cypher so peace and blessings peace and blessings peace and blessings original people I'm Ma'atra R. This is another Spirit First podcast. And as you go on your week and live your day to day, and remember the topics that we speak about, and always remember to keep your spirit first. Peace out. I'm Ma'atra R. Peace and love. Love you guys. Until the next time. Peace. <laughs>